We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Mets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we doing? We've got the draft, Nick. It's coming very soon. Yeah, this is uh, NBA Draft Eve, and we had a lot of rumors today, anticipating a lot more before the draft, and probably some action for the Nets tomorrow. Before we jump into it, quick reminder from the Buzz on streaming platforms, hit that subscribe button and drop a review. But Jack, where do you want to start? Let's start with those draft rumors, Nick. And they've been we've discussed DFS and Royce consistently over the past week. More noise about them in the net saying that they have a very high regard to them. We heard Zach Lowe speak about them, Jonathan Goodvoni. We heard the Lakers be interested, the Pacers be interested, different packages be proposed by myself, yourself. Uh, I guess what are your thoughts on the renewed and reaffirmed rumors around those two and the Nets still having a high interest to move into the into the draft? Something's going to happen with these two, both of them, one of them, surely, right? Surely. Yeah, I think there is a lot of smoke. And like we said, when there's a lot of smoke, there's typically a level of fire. And we've seen smoke about these two being traded for literal months. So it seems like it's continuing to build up. The Nets are putting themselves in a position of, you know, strength. They're trying to posture themselves that they're going to get a first round pick for, you know, at least Dorian Finney-Smith or potentially Royce O'Neal, or maybe Royce is just a guy they used to move up given his contract and he's, you know, expiring and all those different aspects. So it'll be interesting. And we also had um, a, a report today that the Nets had a workout with Derek Lively, um, very, very kind of late in the process and he missed a media session to attend that and he's a guy that's projected projected to go in you know the top 10 top 15 so maybe that tells you something about what the nets are anticipating tomorrow um i feel really good about it and it's the nets could potentially walk away with another first round pick or move up substantially in the draft tomorrow yeah and i saw i think it was joe mccarr speak about the fact that he has an overlapping skill set somewhat with a Nick Claxton. And it's just like, well, is Claxton included in a Damian Lillard deal? So there's a lot of moving parts to sort of just analyze the reverberating effects of that. The thing that sort of seems likely to me, Nick, is, you know, the Hawks with pick 15, the Lakers with pick 17. And for me, that goal of getting Dorian at pick 10 from the Dallas Mavericks is that lofty goal. The Nets are going to get something, it, it seems. Like, they could end up just going, you know, the route where they take 21 and 22. 
but it seems to me, and they say retain DFS and and Royce until the trade deadline, their value I don't think is going to go down. Like it, it's going to remain at one first round or two first rounders, whatever it is. So I think that we could just, there could be just so much smoke and then not being fire. But it feels like something's going to happen, whether it's with the Lakers, whether it's with the Hawks, whether it's with the Pacers, whether it's with whoever else, climate, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like a lot of teams are, are clamoring after Royce and or DFS, and those guys have a, a decent amount of value. I'm not sure if they have the, the same value that, you know, there's a lot of posturing probably happening. But on draft night, you sort of drop that and go, okay, we need to make the deals now. And how much did the Nets want to make that deal? We'll see in 24 hours or so. Yeah, I think, you know, role players that play on the wing are extremely valuable. And the Nets have two of them. And they also have two starting level players that play on the wing in Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson. So they had the luxury of losing one of these guys and not necessarily feeling the blow, especially if they're not going to contention next year. And we know, as we mentioned, Royce O'Neal expiring. I think he's at 9.5 million. Dorian Finney-Smith around 13 million. And he's on contract for a couple of years. Both really fair value and contracts that you feel comfortable with with the new CBA and trying to get under that luxury tax or trying to stay under the first apron or the second apron. So that makes them really attractive. So I think uh, if I had a guess, it feels like the Lakers trade has the most momentum to it. You know, drawing Smith for 17 seems like a reasonable deal, given what we've heard over the course of the last couple of days. Like you mentioned with Zach Lowe, the Nets kind of really valuing those two guys and the report that has been put out Brian Lewis that the Nets were offered two first round picks at the deadline for Dorian Finney-Smith. We don't know the level of those picks, but if they were able to land 17 for DFS, I think that'd be great for the team. And then they could potentially, you know, package 21 in 17 to move up a little bit higher to one of those other teams that's looking to move down or add more picks. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the the, the machinations because there's a, a lot of talent in in this like probably 30 it's it's a relatively deep draft and we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Insane, yeah. Nick. You know, uh, there's a lot of mocks going around, and I want to get your thoughts on on the different mocks. Uh, I, I'm not sure if this is ESPN's latest mock, but one of them had uh, at 21 and 22. The net, so this is take this with a grain of salt. The Nets taking Keontae George and Noah Clowney. Uh, the Ringers mock had us taking Jordan Hawkins and Linda Miller, and the Athletics mock had us taking Keontae George and Dariq Whitehead. Out of those ones, out of the names that were sort of enlisted, Keontae George has been mentioned twice out of the, the two mocks there. I mean, I'm a bit of a fan, fan of Jordan Hawkins and Leonard Miller, so maybe give me the, the ringer's mock. But in saying that, give me your summation of, of, of those guys that have been mentioned. Yeah, I, I like Leonard Miller. He's been a guy that I, I kind of... You know, a guy that has essentially the frame of a big with guard skills, you know, hustles, has defensive tools, obviously needs to develop, but finish his G League season really strong. Um, he potentially could have a nice three ball, you know, if it develops a little bit further and he fills at that frame. And I think he's just a very versatile piece. You know, people have mentioned Leonard Mill being com- compared to Jared Vanderbilt, but potentially with more offensive skill to his game. Um, Keontae George, a lot of people have talked about him three-level score. You know, he's not necessarily a super athlete, doesn't have a great first step, and could probably work on taking better care of the basketball and just doesn't project to be a great defender, but could give you some of that offensive pop. Um, Noah Clowney, I think there's... Uh, he's a polarizing prospect, it seems like, especially on Nets Twitter. You know, he's a versatile defender, plays with edge, good rebounder. You know, maybe he'll have a three-ball, feels like he could be a good role player, has some level of offensive skills, but maybe could be one of those guys that's almost like a tweener that doesn't really necessarily find his role in the NBA. But I think when you're just looking at a lot of guys in the range, Nets are, they have their cons, they have their pros. It's just how do they develop the missing skills or the skills that are incomplete at this time? So that's going to be just a huge factor. And it seems like a lot of guys in this draft have potential to be really good if they develop a three ball. And that's a huge factor for a lot of college athletes. So, and talking about a guy who has a great three ball is Jordan Hawkins who potentially is an elite shooter. He's fast. He cuts. He can hit movement threes. You know, maybe that's his one pure skill and he doesn't do anything else really well. But sometimes that's enough to be good in the NBA. I think off-ball defensively makes good reads, but doesn't necessarily have the size to be good on ball because of his frame. Yeah, so there's a lot of guys there. There's there's probably going to be even more news, and by the time these mocks are out, there'll be new mocks out tomorrow morning. But yeah, but take them with a grain of salt. Nick provided some pretty good information on and just to touch on um, uh, Hawk, um Dariq Whitehead real quick. Uh, uh, did have two foot surgeries. Potentially, probably would have been a lottery pick if he didn't have those surgeries. Nets team doctor did perform the last surgery on him. He could be a steal. You know, he's not a great ball handler, but it feels like he does everything else really well and could just be one of those picks where you look back and like. You know, if he, if, he, if he gets healthy and gets his athleticism back to where it was, he could be a real steal. Yeah, then it sort of reminds you a little bit of Karis LeVert in terms of banking on a yeah. guy who had some injuries in, in college and the Nets rehabilitated, rehabilitated, rehabilitated him to being a, a pretty solid NBA player. But Nick, we also heard, we'll obviously discuss some more draft stuff tomorrow. We'll be reacting to that one uh, after it happens. But we saw Woj, a.k.a. Sean Marks, on ESPN yesterday speaking about Mikael Bridges and the Nets' direction. And he said this, Mikael Bridges is a guy they're going to build around. The kind of offers the Nets have gotten for him speaks to how valuable he is. A player, I think, for Brooklyn, they can place for the next big star that's available in a trade. Now, 
some people read into that, that that's Damian Lillard. I think a few more people were like, I think the Nets might stand pat and use Woj also alluded to the, the Suns picks having, you know, high value. So I think that the Nets are more likely to stand pat and maybe wait for that 24 or 25 class. But what did you think of Sean Marks? Sorry, Woj's quotes, Nick. <laughs> Uh, I thought, you know, they were hyping up Mikel, kind of like they've been all offseason, talking about how he's a guy they're going to build around. I thought, like you said, you know, they're star hunting, but they're willing to be patient if the offer isn't out there. But at the same time, it felt like they were kind of dangling Suns 2027 and 2029 first round picks. You know, bringing those up in a report that probably came from Sean Marks and Mal just tells you a little bit of something like letting teams know like, hey, we're ready to make moves if you're willing to trade a superstar player. We're willing to throw in really good picks. And, you know, those are attractive picks across the league. And I'm not saying, you know, for Damian Lillard, it could be for somebody else. It could be someone that we haven't even really thought about. And I think that's kind of what the report felt like to me. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see. You know, there's plenty of posturing through the media. Woj is used as a Sean Marks mouthpiece so consistently. We've mentioned that on the pod quite a bit. So it'll be interesting to see how that sort of pans out consistently throughout the draft going forward and, and in the offseason this year and probably going forward next year as well, depending on what Even the Even at the deadline do. too. Yeah, the deadline in, in February. So it'll be interesting to see how, how things do pan out there. It's about who says certain things. And when Woj speaks and it's about the Nets, it's generally coming straight from the Kiwi horse's mouth in, in Sean Marks. But Nick, we also got some news about a fellow Australian, Cam Johnson, who's been spending a lot of time down here. Uh, and it seems to me it's more than likely that we're going to see Cam probably stick around in, in Brooklyn semi-long term because... There's been just a lot of stuff being said, and quotes from him include stuff like this. When he was speaking to an Aussie network, he was speaking, he said, at the conclusion of free agency, I'll reevaluate, explore neighborhoods, figure out which area of Brooklyn I'd like to live in. Didn't say Detroit, didn't say Houston, Nick. He said Brooklyn. Yeah, I think um, he's spoken really highly about the Nets, even in his uh, last press conference of the season, and continue to hear like these little tidbits and details. And as we know, you know, reporting-wise, a lot of people have mentioned other executives think, think that the Nets are going to retain him. So it feels like it's almost over 90% that he's going to be back in Brooklyn, and also he's a restricted free agent. So there's not much fear unless you know Houston or Detroit offers something ridiculous. That's it at the end of the day. It's going to be how other teams dictate that. And is there a handshake handshake deal being done behind the scenes? It feels like there is. It, it certainly does feel like there is a little bit of a wink-wink sort of action. And that's a good thing because Cam Johnson had a great postseason. You know, a really, really good postseason. So I think that him contributing for the Nets going forward is going to be a great thing. Him and the Twins, you know, bringing them back, bringing those guys back and, and seeing how the Nets move forward with those two as their, you know, semi-core for the short to medium term. But another thing that happened, Nick, was we saw the Nets finalize their coaching staff. And I want you to give your thoughts because I thought you were pretty detailed and eloquent in how you sort of spoke about how the Nets finish things off by finalizing their coaching staff. Seems to be a big priority, as I alluded to, as you've alluded to, on player development in general. Not sort of guys that are, you know, your Steve Clifford, your Mike D'Antoni's, as it's been the case, but, you know, bringing back Will Weaver as well. There's just a, a lot of rumblings, not really rumblings, you just look at the guys that are going to be, you know, assistants going forward. Kevin Ollie, Will Weaver, Jay Hernandez, Ronnie Burrell, uh, as well as Corey Vincent. There's just guys that just do development and do play development very well. Yeah, obviously was a big task for Sean Marks and Jacques Vaughn is kind of building that staff and kind of building an identity for that staff. And like you said, player development and touching on Will Weaver, which 
I think was kind of hinted at different points of the offseason, but we never really got confirmation. So, you know, the fact is he was a former Nets assistant coach. He was G League coach of the year in 2018-2019. He recently interviewed for the Bucks head coaching job. So that's pretty significant stuff for him. And then also I think there's just a lot of connections across the board. You know, we've talked about that in the past with Jay Hernandez, his relationship with Jacques Vaughn, uh, Corey Vizen, um, his relationship with Mikel Bridges, uh, Ronnie Bureau. He was a G League coach of the year with the Long Island Nets. So there's just a lot of connections and player development and different things going on for the staff. And I think that's why it's kind of exciting if the Nets draft two rookies, or even potentially three rookies in this upcoming draft. So we'll see how it all plays out, if that staff really is able to kind of take some of these guys to the next level. But, Jack, any other thoughts? Look, there's some co- some ownership stuff, Nick, but I reckon we can touch on that tomorrow when we react to the draft. And who knows? There's plenty of eggs in the basket. There's plenty of juggling balls up in the air. Whatever analogy you want to have, a lot of smoke. We'll see. <laughs> it pans out in 24 hours' time. Yeah, we'll see what happens with the ownership stuff. A lot of people are hoping Clara takes on a bigger role. But Jack, big thanks for everybody listening. And hopefully we're reacting to a great Nets draft tomorrow. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.